You are listening to Better Golf Academy with me, Hanju Lee. This is episode 12. Well, hello everyone. Okay, here's the thing. We all want to get better at golf. But for whatever the reason, our game just doesn't improve. Sound familiar? Okay, well, I'm here to share the best secrets of improving your score. This podcast is not about giving you swing techniques or swing tips, but it's about giving you specific strategies, a tangible plan, and fun ways to improve your score. So welcome to Better Golf Academy Podcast. You ready? All right, here we go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Better Golf Academy Podcast. I am your host, Hanju Lee, and welcome to 2020, everybody. Yeah. Hey, I don't know about you, but I'm a huge New Year resolution guy. I don't know why. I just like the idea of a fresh new start. You know what I mean? Like like golf. <laughs> Who decided that golf should be divided into two nine-hole rounds? And after each nine-hole, it routes you back to the clubhouse to stop and get refreshments and start over on the back nine. It's like brilliant. Played a crappy front nine? No worries. Fresh start from hole number 10. Take a deep breath and start over. So I did this thing every year called five days to your best year ever and it's by michael hyatt it's an online course you take uh, for five days and it, it lays out your goals for the next year and not only that it takes you a deep dive into each goal helps you categorize it clarify the purpose of it and learn how to create habits around it and even gives you the tools to keep track of it throughout the year it really has been a life changer for me like, for instance, last year, one of my physical goals was to run 1,000 miles. And for this course, there are like 10 categories you can choose from. They're like spiritual category, intellectual, emotional, physical, marital, parental, social, vocational, avocational, financial. And, and like for physical, I chose this goal. And one of the questions this course asks for each goal that you set is, how will your life change as a result of accomplishing this goal which i think is a great question um don't you think like i i think those of you that are into new year resolution should all ask the same question for each goal and this is what i wrote i wrote ultimately i believe my life will be more productive running 1000 miles i will feel better i will feel stronger healthier and even be empowered to push beyond the boundaries of the norm. And I also wrote this at the bottom. It says, I said, I have not reached this goal in two straight years looking forward to seeing if I will accomplish it or not because it's a big goal, 20 miles a week. Well, did I reach that goal? No. I ran 204, so 204 days out of 365 days, total of 939 miles that is 61 miles short (laughs) so my wife is like that is so close why didn't you run some extra 
in the last months to make up for it so you can reach your goal. Well, what she doesn't know is that I ran extra, extra miles in the last months just to reach 939. So um, anyway, speaking of not reaching your goals, if you listen to the last episode, I was also talking about the the PGA's player ability test, the PAT test. Well, the second time taking it, and I didn't pass that either. So I, I will spare you the details, but it didn't happen. So am I disappointed? Yeah, a little bit. But I am actually more encouraged knowing that it's never about the destination, but about who you become as you strive to get there. And I and I am 100% convinced that I am better than last year. I am stronger. I've gained more courage. I put myself out there, including launching this podcast. <laughs> I believe in myself more. And overall, most importantly, my golf score actually has improved a couple of strokes. <laughs> so, um you know what I would love? I would love to hear from you and to hear what your goals are for this year. And I'm here to help. So let me know if I can uh, do just that. Just go to bettergolfacademy.com slash goals. And let me know your thoughts and some goals for this year. And I promise to get back to you. Okay? Sounds good? Okay, cool. Also, as promised, I want to give a shout out to one of my listeners. And his name is Toran. And he says... Awesome. Hanju has an extremely easy to follow attitude about golf, be it the science or the type. I like being able to listen during my workday, and Hanju makes his tips easy enough to follow that I can take his tips home without re listening to the podcast to find them. Can't wait to hear more. I think this channel is going to go very far. Keep up the great work, Hanju, and I will continue to listen and work on my game. Well, <laughs> wow. Thank you, Toran, and thank you for allowing me to be part of your day. And thank you for your encouragement of thinking that this channel will go very far. I love that. So I really hope so, too. So it's a new year. And I thought it would be a good time to talk to some people that are deciding if they want to take on this crazy game. I want to talk about the good, the bad, the ugly part of the game. But mostly, I want to tangibly help those who are starting out to give them the right tools to work on and even what steps to take to actually get on the golf course and play for the very first time. I know this game can be super intimidating and scary sometimes because of all the unknowns. So I want to expose some of the myth and give you some simple guidelines to get you ready and out on the course playing. Yeah? Does that sound fun? Okay, so also like for those faithful listeners that are that are saying, Well, I don't think I need to hear this since I already know how to play and I'm out there all the time. Um, I, I think it still might be helpful and it will also be awesome for you to hear because I know you know someone that's thinking about or even starting to play but haven't taken the steps to get out on the course. So here we go. Okay. So how to prepare to play for the very first time. 
Um, for me, I, I started playing around age 10, and I say playing, but I wasn't really. I, I just picked up a club and started swinging at the ball, right? So my dad had these wiffle balls. You know what those are? They're like plastic golf balls that have holes in them, so you can't hit them very hard and far. Um, you can hit them hard, but you can't hit them far. They just don't go anywhere when you hit them. I was intrigued because every little movement that made on my swing or made a different swing would launch the ball in all different directions. And I even kept on missing the ball altogether. I was like, dang, this game is hard. <laughs> but for some reason, that just got me more obsessed with the game at the time. And I started watching golf on TV and started mimicking the players, their setup, their swing, their... um their follow through i i would practice in front of a mirror to see if my swing looked like theirs <laughs> then then i would go back in the backyard and try to hit some more balls with the modified swing and on and on and on and started reading books and magazines and soon i became more more obsessed with this game and i had no other friends i played uh, it was just me and my dad and he was kind of going through the same thing minus the obsession but him and I would hit balls in the backyard, and eventually we got pretty good at it, meaning we stopped whiffing the ball. <laughs> you know, you know, whiffing, right? Whiff, whiffing is such a funny word. When, when a golfer attempts to strike the ball and misses it completely, it makes a noise. And you know what that noise sounds like? It sounds like this. Whiff. <laughs> it's the funniest thing to witness. Um Okay, and then it happened. My dad said, we are ready to buy some real golf clubs. So we went to a local Kmart and bought a half set, which was like a junior set. It had like a five iron, seven iron, nine iron, and it had like a three wood and a driver. And when I say wood, it was, it was really wood. The brand I remember was called the Golden Bears or something like that by uh, Jack Nicholas. Um, he, 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 you know, helped brand it and, um, you know, he was the best golfer in the world. So how could you go wrong? So not really knowing anything, we drove to the local course and we knew they had a practice range, like a driving range. And we've seen people hit balls there. So we wanted to do the same. So that's where my story really begins and from the driving range to the first tee on the real golf course really it's a whole nother journey and story so let's tackle that so from spending a lot of time on the driving range preparing to someday get on the golf course how do i know when i'm ready to play like for me there were four key components that happened on the practice range that gave me enough confidence to say, okay, I am ready and help me eventually step out on the golf course. So number one, I made contact with the ball 100% of the time with every club. So if this is not you, don't venture out yet. It might frustrate others and you certainly don't want to do that. I know people will say things like, hey, who cares what others think? Just go and have a good time. Well, I was taught to always think of others. And you do not want to be a burden or ruin someone else's fun. So when you're whiffing the ball and hitting it all over the place, 
So they will never invite you back. So don't go out yet. <laughs> okay, trust me. Number two, when I make contact with the ball, it goes where I expect it to go most of the time. Okay, so have you heard of the term army golf? It's when your ball goes left, right, left, right. <laughs> you waste a lot of time and everyone else's if you cannot somehow control where the ball is going. You hit in the hazard, end up in, end up with your group being the the search party. You know, no, it's no no fun for anyone, not even you. And those golf balls are expensive. Okay, so number three. I understood the distance control, meaning if I'm close to the green, I, I know enough to hit the ball softer and use more loft to club. And I have a pretty decent concept of chipping and I can get my ball closer, not overshooting it way past. And I just want to make sure that I'm not being a danger to others. <laughs> and number four, I have a decent feel around the green when it comes to putting that it doesn't take me more than three putts to get the ball in the hole. Like four putts are okay for long, long distance putts, but let's just stick to three as a goal for now. So if you feel like you're there, these four things, I think you're almost ready to step on the golf course, but don't step on the golf course until you get these four figured out right, okay? Let me go through one more time. I make contact with the ball 100% of the time with every club. I'm not whiffing it. Number two, when I make a contact with the ball, it goes where I want it to go pretty much. You know, it's not going all over the place. Number three, I understand the distance control. Um, I, I know how to hit it soft and hard, uh, chip somewhat. And number four, I have a decent feel around the green when it comes to putting. That means I'm not putting like five, six, seven times to get it in the hole. It takes me around three or two or even one sometimes okay then you're almost ready and when i say you can consistently do the four points that i just talked about you're almost ready right but not completely yet you know why because i think this is where a lot of people get stuck there's a deep fear or intimidation or something that keeps them from just taking the first step to tee it up. And I really think it stems from a lack of knowledge and not really knowing what to expect or even what to do because there are so many rules and etiquette. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to try to keep your mind at ease and prepare you to go out there and have a great time uh, and really enjoy your first round. So I'm going to go over a couple things that you'll need to know uh, to get you out on the first tee. Okay? All right. Ready? Okay. Before you go out there, I think it's really, really important to find a local golf course that attracts a lot of beginners. Okay? I wouldn't go out and pay a lot of money and go to like the best, fanciest place in town. Um, some golf courses, a local course um, that attracts a lot of beginners are called executive courses because some of the holes are a lot shorter than normal. Uh, fairways are wider and there aren't too many hazards. It's not the prettiest, but it's usually the cheapest. That's how you know. 
Some offer a dine hall only option, which can be great if you're a first timer. And also, you'll be surrounded by other beginners, so you won't feel so out of place, right? Okay, number two, avoid the rush. Make a tea time in the late afternoon or during a weekday. And weekday, I mean from Monday through Thursday. Friday gets pretty busy. Saturday, Sunday, weekends, obviously very busy. The last thing you want to do is get out there on a busy day with a ton of people. It can get very stressful and overwhelming. So avoid the rush. Your first round should be enjoyable with no one pushing you from behind and getting upset that you're playing too slow. Okay. Okay. Number three, don't keep your score. Keeping score means that you're hitting every shot until your ball goes in the hole. This can cause some anxiety and you really don't need to know what your score is yet, right? You're, you're just trying to get the feel of the play. And so if you're struggling with a specific shot like, like a bunker shot, okay? Don't spend five minutes hitting the ball like 10 times trying to get it out. Just after a couple of tries, if you can't get it out, just pick it up and throw it on the green so you can now putt. Everyone will appreciate it. And if you are chipping and like say it goes way over the green and you chip, go over there, you chip it back and it goes way over the green again. Just at that point, just pick it up and throw it on the green. And if your shots on like a long par five or something is not advancing very far and you keep hitting it over and over again and it goes like 10 yards and you go up hitting again another 10 yards, eventually just pick it up and drop it near the green and play out the hole. The key here is not to be left behind in your group. Keep pace with the rest of the group, okay? Don't be the person that's holding up play for others, okay? So with that, number four, keep up. This is very, very important. Every player, um, export in, or intermediate, won't mind playing with you if you just keep up with them. They all understand if you're struggling with the game. Um, they've all been there, and they might also be struggling too, but... They will turn on you if your bad plays affecting them, which means they keep stopping and waiting and waiting for you. Be mindful of the group and the pace that they are playing and just keep up. Even it means for you to pick up the ball and drop it near the hole. Okay, Again, you're not there to keep score. You are there to get a feel of what it's like to play around. Okay, Number five, before you go out there, Know your basic golf etiquette. So what is your basic golf etiquette? I'm going to go over it real quick. Okay, here are some do's. I'm going to give you four do's and four don'ts. Okay, these are some do's. Okay, this include taking care of the course. Okay, repair the ball marks on the green. Okay, ball makes a mark on the green when it lands on it. So it's, it's important to flatten it out so that other golfer will always putt on the smooth surface, okay? Second, replace divots. If you take a big chunk of grass on, on your downswing, replace it with the sand or replace the grass back in the divot you created. Um, some courses tell you just to replace it with the sand. They don't, they don't want the divot back on there. Okay, third, rake the bunkers so that the next person that ends up in it has a smooth, easy lie 
versus being stuck in the footprint hole or something that you created in the stand, right? Okay, and then the fourth, have the player who is farthest away from the pin hit the next shot. Do not swing at the same time. Let them hit first. This causes distraction. So it's a little etiquette. It's something to just keep in mind. Uh, number one, just really taking care of the course and always being mindful of people. And one of the rules and the etiquette is that furthest away hits first. That's important. Okay. Here are the four don'ts. Okay. Number one, don't move. <laughs> Talk or make noise in the middle of their swing, even during their setup. Okay, number two, don't walk across the line of another player's putt on the green because this causes the ball to not roll true uh, to the hole because you stepped on it, okay? Don't hit your shot until the group in front of you is well out of range. <laughs> Lots of fights occur because of this if you hit into them, okay? So be careful. Number four, be out of their vision, Okay, when someone's hitting, be out of their vision. Don't stand near or right in front of the player who's hitting the ball. Be out of their sight so you don't draw attention in the middle of their swing. Okay? So those are a lot of things to remember. But let me wrap it up in one sentence that will make your first round a success. Okay, ready? Here it is. Okay, here's the sentence. Consider others more important than yourself huh <laughs> what's that got to do with anything well actually it's everything when it comes to golf because all the do's and don'ts that i just mentioned that's what it all talks about the etiquette of golf that's what it all talks about did you notice that for every etiquette that is created it's created so that others can benefit so others don't lose out or others don't get annoyed. It's about helping and noticing and acknowledging and looking out for others. Think about it. Taking care of the course during your round, repairing your ball marks, replacing your divots, raking the bunkers. It's really also that other players that are playing are not affected by you. Um, golf has always been a game that uniquely creates an atmosphere where even the competitors are always complimenting each other good shot i hear that all the time during a pga event that i'm i'm at and following these you know professional players outside the ropes i see the fierce competitors in the last group on the last day walking and talking to each other complimenting each other's good shots so isn't that fascinating and, and i believe if you are mindful of others and not consumed in your own game in your own little world i think you'll naturally have a good time you know look around see the beauty around you and focus and hit good shots celebrate them together and keep up don't worry too much about your score yet um, enjoy the company have great conversations be friendly be happy. <laughs> so I, I'm really constantly reminded why I love this game so much. What other game in the world do you get to spend four to five hours together in a gorgeous 
green manicured acres of land with lakes, rivers, trees, birds chirping, you're walking, you're talking, you're laughing, crying, screaming. Oh, wait, the forget the last two. <laughs> Anyways, you, you get me, right? Like, I am really excited for you to, for those that are listening, they're like, I'm getting ready to go out and play, you know, for the first time. Um, like, go out there, have a blast, be mindful of others, and be awesome. Yeah, does that sound good? I hope so. Hey, um, I hope you really enjoyed this episode, and I hope it's really helpful for you. Um, don't forget to leave me a review or, or share this podcast, especially if you're if you're you know longtime golfer and you know that person that needs to hear this. Um, I will also give you a shout out on my next episode if you leave me a review. So in the meantime, thanks for listening to Better Golf Academy podcast. I really appreciate you being here. Love you guys. Bye for now.